It's now time for the Billy C Show. Part of the BillyCBoxing.com network. And we're coming to you live from the Billy C. Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Calagero, and it's time for the Billy C. Show. Good morning, good day, good evening, whenever you're watching, whenever you're listening. I hope you're doing okay today. I hope you're doing better than okay. I hope you're doing fantabulous. Today's show, she's being brought to you by my book, Tom Mono from Bondage to Baddest Men on the Planet, is available right now. Where all good books are sold, you can get it on Amazon.com, you can get it at BarnesandNoble.com, eh, you can get it from me, drop me an email, Bill at BillyCBoxing.com, or um, Billy at TalkinBoxing.com, T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com. Just a programming note, we will be doing one more show uh, to close out 2023, but we'll be back uh, in 2024. Uh, so we're looking forward to uh, getting back on track with some of the uh, some of your favorite segments and stuff. Uh, I got a little surprise. My main man, Alex Papali, is going to be joining us next week. And uh, we're going to try to get together uh, after uh, next week, you know, for the new year and do some blasts. And I got some uh, more, uh, let's just say, video-pleasing blasts on tap. Uh, so we will uh, we will make some changes uh, with the uh, with the show and how it's presented. So hopefully uh, everybody will like it. But let's get right to it today. Um, I want to talk about well several things, but first my post fight thoughts on Devin Haney against uh, Regis Progress. Um, I loved the fight, boys and girls. I loved it. Um, what I saw, well, in case you miss it, we'll get the. Uh, uh, results out of the way, Devin Haney improved to 30-0 and with 15 of his wins coming by knockout when he totally uh, uh, controlled um, former, now he's a former junior, uh, uh, welterweight champ, Regis Progress, who drops his first fight of his career. He's now 29-1 and one with 24 wins coming by knockout. Um, okay, so here's the deal. Uh, Haney moved up in weight, and he took on arguably one of the better uh, junior welters in, in the division who was a champion, uh, who was known for his punching power, and I myself got this one wrong. I thought uh, uh, Regis would win the fight. I thought his power uh, would uh, uh, be a little too much for Haney. But, you know, and and, and I, I, listen, I call a spade a spade. I've been wrong about Devin Haney. I, I just, you know, I, I don't know what it was, um, but uh, I, I just didn't think he was the real deal. With All of that has changed. Uh, after watching him fight and the way he fought, uh, my attitude towards Devin Haney has 100% changed. Uh, I love the kid. Uh, I think, uh, first of all, I, I never doubted his boxing skills. He's got, uh, he's got uh, good boxing skills, no question about it, hand speed, uh, good foot movement. Um, you know, he, uh, he throws combinations. I, I wasn't sure of his power. Um, he did drop uh, Regis in, in that fight. I think it was more of a flash knockdown. He, he didn't seem like he was hurt, but he did get rocked several times during the fight. What I liked about this fight from both of these fighters, from Haney and Progress, is the fact that 
um, they number one, they fought each other. And number two, it was an exciting fight. You know, it was none of this, uh, you know, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And then the fight came and they both, you know, uh, just ran from each other, you know, fought safely. No, they, they were both fighting to win and win big. Um, you know, I, I give uh, uh, Progress a lot of credit. You know, he hung in there and he always had that puncher's chance. But, you know, for a guy like Haney who moved up in weight, he clearly looked like the bigger guy. I think I saw somewhere that, uh, uh, you know, he put on uh, 25 pounds um, from the weigh-in to fight night. He certainly looked it. Uh, he just was physically uh, bigger and, um, you know, imposed his will. And when you sprinkle that in with some good boxing skill, uh, what we ended up with was, was a great fight. And, and, you know, I looked at this fight and I couldn't help but think while I was watching it, how great it would be if a lot of young fighters and, and their managers and their promoters and the networks or streaming services, you know, watched this fight and said to themselves, you know, this is what boxing should be about. And, you know, being uh, fighting the right fights, challenging yourself, fighting tough fights um, and uh, and performing well and not losing any credibility should you lose the fight. Like, in my opinion, uh, Regis Progress shouldn't lose any credibility. He lost the fight. Devin Haney was the better man that night. End of story, you know. Um, so, you know, Haney, uh, who knows what he's going to do now. Uh, he just looks so big in the ring. I, I you know, I can't, I, I couldn't see him having a problem uh, going to welterweight. Uh, I, I'm not sure what he's going to do, um, but uh, hopefully uh, he'll uh, continue doing what he did and uh, uh, be uh, uh, exciting and, and continue that excitement. And more than that, I hope that he uh, uh, helps some other fighters uh, say to themselves, you know what, this is what boxing's all about. Let's challenge ourselves, you know, their team, and uh, and fight the right fights. And, of course, the promoters have to follow suit. Um, the judges scored it a one-sided uh, fight. All three of them had it 120 to 107, which I agree with. Uh, I, I, you know, I was trying to find a round to give to Regis, but I, I, I couldn't. Uh, great performance by Devin Haney, and uh, I hope we see a lot more of him. And I have a feeling that we're going to see him uh, challenging himself like he did. I mean, let's face it, you know, we can all play uh, Monday morning quarterback and say, ah, well, the fight wasn't good. It wasn't, you know, it, progress wasn't that good. No, no, he was. And many people, and is, I, I shouldn't say was, uh, uh, you know, uh, many people think uh, once they lose, oh, they're done, you know. Give a shout-out to my man uh, Bearded. He's in uh, the chat room. If you're listening to the show or watching the show, come on into the chat room. Uh, you got any questions, pop them up on the screen, and uh, uh, we could talk about it. Um, one thing, well, every time I see my man Bearded Oliver, I, you know, I, I start thinking about the Jets, you know. And uh, all I could say to him is, you know, and he knows because I've, I've posted some stuff, you know, just getting off boxing for a minute. And the Jets, you know, they're a cursed organization, uh, no doubt. I've been a fan since uh, since Joe Namath won the Super Bowl. Um, but, you know, I, I get sick to my stomach listening to all the so-called experts totally crucifying this kid Wilson and uh, Zach Wilson. And, I, you know, I, I, it's not that I wanted the Jets to pick him. I, I, my two favorite – I follow a lot of college football. My two favorite teams – Alabama because of Joe Namath and I really like Boise State 
they're a scrappy team. And I got to watch Zach Wilson when he played college because with BYU, they played Boise State. And although he beat Boise State, that was like the toughest game that he had. And I knew that his uh, the way the Jets were putting him on a pedestal, picking him second overall, I knew that was going to be a mistake. I wasn't a big fan, blah, blah, blah. But then I start watching and listening to all of the people totally crucifying all the media in New York, all, all this, this so-called... Uh, experts, the fan, you know, Tiki Barber from the Giants. I mean, they're all like, it's, it's an outrage. Get rid of them. You know, it wasn't his fault. And I was so happy, for, believe it or not, I was happy for him that he had such a great performance this past Sunday. Um, you know, and we'll see if he can keep it up. But you know what? The line sucks. Um, the coaching sucks. The offensive coordinator, he shouldn't even be allowed in a NFL stadium, let alone call and plays. I mean, it's just pathetic. It's pathetic. They got a good defense, and uh, and the coach, Robert Sala, you know, he's uh, a nice guy. He's a likable guy, but great coaches aren't buddies with everybody on the team. Anyway, enough of football. I just wanted to get – I see Bearded Olive, so I, I got to start talking about the Jets. But uh, anyway, back to Haney and Regis Progress. I loved – I don't know if you guys saw this, but I loved the comments um, – uh, about from his father uh, directed towards uh, Floyd Mayweather. Anybody that's watched or listened to the show for any length of time knows that I think Floyd Mayweather, uh, although a talented fighter, and I respect him for that, and I respect his uh, you know, training, and he's always in shape, uh, but I, I couldn't stand his dogging and dodging and all this stuff and self-proclaimed uh, you know, the best ever. Um you know, Devin Haney's father was saying some stuff. And I saw on social media, I don't think a lot of people understood what he was saying, what he meant. And he said in a very roundabout way was Devin Haney challenged himself and stepped up, went up in weight and fought another young undefeated fighter at his own weight, at, at the other fighter's weight and beat his ass. And uh, Floyd never did that. When, you know, he, when, when he was Money Mayweather and when he fought under top rank, yes, he did fight some tough fights. But once he went on his own, he calculated all his fights. And that was the point that, uh, that Mr. Haney was, was saying. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, now I got a comment on uh, uh, my man uh, in the chat room. He says, everyone crucified. He's talking about the Jets. Everyone crucified him, meaning Wilson, but the Jets don't give him the players uh, on the O-line that he needs. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is. And that I, I couldn't agree with more. No, they had a couple of decent receivers. They get rid of them, and then they're crying they don't have receivers. They got one. You know, so it's easy for defensive coordinators to key on Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson. That's it. But uh, but uh, Zach Wilson showed that, you know, he could spread the ball around. And so we're going to see how he does this week. Uh, you know, there was reports that he's going to be He's already gone. He's already leaves. Not him and Salah agreed, agreed that they're not going to. The Jets would be stupid to get rid of him, you know, because he could probably be retained fairly cheap. And even if they did get Aaron Rodgers for a, a, a full year, I don't think Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers, the, the best thing that could have happened to him was he got hurt because he would have been destroyed with that line too. Anyway, um, uh, some news I wanted to get into. Uh, the PBC, which, you know, most of you know I, I'm not a big fan of. I, I, I think 
you know, I just think they, um, you know, ruined ruined uh, uh, the continuity of the sport. But they announced a deal with uh, uh, Amazon Prime. Um, you know, as we know, Showtime, which was basically PBC, um, you know, their last fight is this weekend. And uh, uh, Amazon Prime signed a deal with PBC. Uh, they're trying to get into uh, some live sports. They got uh, NFL uh, football games being broadcast, MMA, and some other sports. Um, you know, so I, you know, all I could say is this: the continuation of non-competitive, uh, blown-up fighters, more commonly known as PBC fighters, is now going to be on Amazon Prime. You know, so uh, I'm glad uh, Al Heyman got his deal, but. That doesn't change anything. Uh, my man Hawk, uh, give him uh, a heads up. Give him a shout out. He's out in the chat room. Uh, so anybody that uh, is listening, come on in. Talk to these guys. Um, they also announced the, the big card, which I can't wait for uh, next week. Um, uh, the pay-per-view. You know, it, it was bad enough that they announced that it was going to be a pay-per-view. I mean, it didn't shock me. That it was going to be a pay-per-view. Uh, it's a great card that I can't wait for. But I'll tell you what was a shock was the price. And, and you know, the thing about the pay-per-views is, you know, they used to be affordable. And, and I remember the, the first $100 pay-per-view, you know. And, and they've been kind of, you know, hoovering around 75 bucks or whatever. And, and I would have thought that that was what they were going to soak us for this one. But it was announced earlier this week. That the, uh, you know, I, I don't know if it's just for the zone subscribers or not, but thirty nine ninety nine. I mean, you know, look, it's a great fight card. And by the way, next week, um, you know, Alex and I, because Alex is going to be joining me, uh, we'll be talking about these fights. I'm going to break down every one of them. In case you forgot, you got Anthony Joshua against Otto Wallen, which I, I think is a really good fight. I mean, Otto Wallen is, is not a guy to... Remember, his only loss is against uh, Tyson Fury, so um, and he busted up Fury. Remember, um, but uh, Deontay Wilder against Joseph Parker, you know, Deontay Wilder I give a lot of credit for for his punching power, but the dude's got no skill otherwise, and he's not great for the sport. I mean, he's exciting to watch uh, because you know you know he's but but he says some crazy ass shit. You know, uh, I'm gonna kill this guy. Oh, I, I had a you know all this, all this stupid stuff. And he's saying, it isn't going to be good. Joseph Parker, I, I think I'm going to kill him. I think I'm going to kill him. You know, it's like, you know what? Joseph Parker has a chance to, to beat Deontay Wilder. Granted, Deontay Wilder connects with Joseph Parker. It's most likely going to be night-night uh, to Joseph Parker. But Joseph Parker is a pretty decent boxer. And he said earlier this week, actually, I think he said it today, it busted out onto the, onto the scene, that... He, he talked uh, pretty in-depth with Tyson Fury, and he got some uh, tips uh, on uh, Deontay Wilder. I, look, I don't know how you could, if you're Tyson Fury, I don't know how you could say to uh, Joseph Parker, hey, this is how you can beat him. Because the reason, the way Tyson Fury beat him was, was you know, boxing ability in terms of defense, you know, and, and Tyson Fury ties people up. He leans on you. The thing about Deontay Wilder and the reason why Tyson Fury was successful is because of Tyson Fury's size. 
and the truth of the, the truth the truth of the uh, the truth of the matter is that uh, Joseph Parker is not is big, uh, won't in, be able to enjoy some of the tactics that Tyson Fury used, um, but he does have some boxing skill, and I think the trick to beat Deontay Wilder is to fight him in close, chin on the t- chest, so to speak, like a like a Mike Tyson style or a Joe Frazier style. Um, get in there so those long, lanky arms can't connect with you. Work the body, which nobody's done. I mean, yeah, yeah he's got a six-pack. Um, but the truth of the matter is, is that you work that body. His legs are like spaghetti. You know, he's got no footwork. You know, he doesn't throw a jab. We, we saw, I remember one fight, I think, that he, he displayed the jab. And it was like, oh, yeah, oh, he's got a jab. Never saw it again. The guy is a one-punch headhunter fighter, and that's what he's going to be doing to Joseph Parker. Um, he's going to be looking for the knockout. Joseph Parker could beat him with with movement, and uh, you know, getting in close. He he can't because of the long arm reach that Deontay has. You can't uh, uh, you know you can't just take and, and try to outbox him from a distance. You got to get in close. Uh, uses his strength against him, uh, which is getting in close, tying him up. Don't let him get leverage, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, that's Joseph Parker's chance. Uh, but I'll break that down uh, next week. Uh, Triple D, Daniel Dubois, taking on Jarrell Miller. Like this fight, you know. Uh, I don't think much of Miller, uh, so we'll see uh, uh, if he could change uh, at least my opinion. Um I agree with Hawkey saying I just need a body on my record. I, I don't I don't know if uh uh if that's uh the case if you're referring to Wilder and, and uh Parker, but um Bivel is taking on Lyndon Arthur. That's probably the least competitive fight uh on uh on this card because Bivel is such a a a, a talented fighter. Um, I, you know, and Arthur is just not in the same class, in in my opinion. Uh, but uh, uh, then you have Jai Opitia against Ellis Zorro in the cruiserweight division. That ought to be a decent fight. Makamurdov against uh, uh, KBL in in the heavyweight division. Another fight that I'm really looking forward to is Frankie Sanchez against Junior Fa in the heavyweight division. And uh, her Hergovic is taking on. Uh, uh, Mark DeMore. Uh what a great card for 40 bucks. Uh not that I'm making anything from it but I think it's well worth it. And uh it just reminds me of of some of the 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 cards of yesteryear where where there were so many good fights uh on the card and that's become far and few in between. I mean, you know as much as I liked uh the Devin Haney Regis Progress fight, the rest of the card sucked. You know, so, um, you know, I, and I'm, I'm not saying there, there was a couple of, uh, you know, exciting fights, but for, for you know, that, for a pay-per-view, I just, you know, I think they should all be, a pay-per-view should all be good quality matchups. And another thing about pay-per-views that I don't like anymore, pay-per-views, you used to pay for the fight and not have to sit through commercials. 
not only do we have to sit through all the bullshit from half of these uh, uh, commentators, and, and there's like a hundred of them doing the show, and in addition to the three guys ringside, you got another three guys up in the booth, you got three guys out on some platform somewhere, you know, you're dealing with that, and then they sprinkle in commercials, I mean, you're already paying for it, you know, uh, I just it's such laziness of the promoters, um, it just, it makes me sick, um, but uh, so so that's happening, um, you know, I, we got uh, this fights, a couple of fights this weekend. I, I will say this. The last fight on Showtime uh, is not that great, you know. I, I mean, look, uh, Al Bernstein was the best thing about Showtime boxing and when Steve Farhood was doing it back in the day. You know, they kicked uh, they kicked Farhood to the curb. He's doing uh, uh, just the unofficial scoring now. Um, I guess he's going to be doing a... Uh, some special about Showtime. I, you know what? I, ever since uh, PBC basically uh, was was all their fights, and uh, you know, and, and that Espinosa guy. I, I I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, to me, I say, good riddance, Showtime. See ya. You know. I mean, uh, listen. HBO has been out of the boxing business for a while now. They did a good show. They did a good broadcast. I mean, you know. Uh, my friend and uh, uh, great uh, guy, uh, the late great Harold Letterman, uh, you know, had a lot, uh, several times had uh, fun with him uh, at uh, ringside and and uh, you know dinner and stuff like that. You know, he's he was a great guy, funny guy, uh, and you know when he did the the broadcast with Lampley, I, I never liked Merchant too much, but you know Lampley, you know, did it right, um, and of course uh, uh, Harold Letterman. You know, then you had those stints with George Foreman and uh, Roy Jones. And, and, you know, I mean, they had, they put on a good product. It was a good, it, it, the, their product was good. You know, the, the, the production was good. Um, the commentary was good. The fights were good. You know, I mean, it, it was it was good. You know, and, and Showtime in the beginning when it was, uh, you know, young up-and-coming uh, fighters, especially the Showbox series, that was good stuff, and then they dumped into that uh, PBC uh, marriage, and and they went to shit, you know. And it's just, it's I, I say good riddance, and and you know, you would think that they would, you know, really put on a a, a good uh, main event for their uh, adios to to professional boxing. No disrespect, but a WBA out of all the titles, you pick the WBA which is, in my opinion, the least reputable sanctioning body out there. Uh, you know, I, I like the IBO better than the WBA. I like the WBF better than uh, the, the WBA. It's, it's, it's sad, you know. Um, but, you know, they put a WBA uh, a super middleweight title uh, between David Morrell and Cena Agbeko as the main event. Um, yeah, so, you know, I, I don't know how the viewership's going to be, but I will tell you this, there is a fight on that card that, uh, I am looking forward to. It's the co-main event. It's in the flyweight division and, uh, it is the WBC flyweight champion, Julio Cesar Martinez, who's 20 and two with 15 knockouts, uh, defending his flyweight title against unbeaten Angelino Cordoba, who's 18-0 with one uh, draw and 12 
uh, of his wins coming by knockout. I love watching uh, Martinez. Uh, Martinez uh, had a couple of uh, no contest. He, he had another uh, episode, if I recall correctly. He, he A fight was stopped. He retained his title. Then he didn't retain his title. And then he had to win it back and all this stuff. Exciting fighter. Love this kid. All right. He's 20 wins, two losses, 15 coming by knockout, five foot two, 28 years old, non-stopping punching machine. You know, I, I just, I, I love this guy. He's defending against Angelina Cordova, like I said, 18 and 0 with one knockout, uh, with one draw, 12 of his wins coming by knockout, uh, same age, 28, uh, two inches taller at five foot four. Uh, the best fight he had against, in my opinion, a good opponent uh, happened to have been uh, one in April, which was a unanimous decision over Angel Acosta. Uh, but the rest of his record, if you look at it, it's extremely limited against uh, fighters that were overmatched stepping in the ring with Cordoba. Um, you know, I, you at first glance, you, you, you look at this fight and you say, this kid doesn't stand a chance uh, with uh, Martinez. Um, however, uh, according to the three of the four major sanctioning bodies, he's ranked. He's ranked number 14 in the IBF, number 13 in the WBC, and the WBO has him at ranked at number two, you know. So, I mean, um, you know, so I, maybe I'm wrong, you know, but we'll see. Uh, out of that card, that's the only fight that I'm interested in. Uh, but uh, but there is uh, a fight this weekend. Uh, the Zone, once again, has uh, a, a couple of fights on all this weekend. But the one that I'm looking forward to, is in the flyweight division. Uh, Jesse Bam Rodriguez against Sonny Edwards. Um, I, you know, I, I, I like this card, uh, this fight, I should say. I'm sorry. And I'll, I'll break it down what I think, uh, how this fight's going to go right now. Uh, Sonny Edwards is, is uh, a guy that mostly has fought uh, in the U.K., He's uh, ranked number two by the computer. He's currently the IBF uh, world champion, flyweight world champion. He's undefeated at 20-0. Uh, not known for a power puncher, but a lot of these lighter guys, you know, the, the volume of punches and the severity of the beatings that they take, um, they're just so small and light that a lot of times you don't see as many knockouts. So I'm not really going uh, by the fact that he's only got four knockouts of his 20 wins. Um, which, you know, gives him a 20% uh, knockout ratio. And I didn't even need a calculator to figure that one out. He's 27 years old. Um, he's five foot three, uh, which is an inch shorter than uh, Rodriguez. Um, he's given up. Now, now from, from what I'm looking at, it's given up um, seven inches in reach, uh, you know, uh, before I continue, I'll give a shout-out to Stephen O. He's uh, in the chat room. He's looking forward to the uh, fights next week. Uh, he loves uh, Anthony Joshua. I love the card, um, and I and I like that uh, fight, Anthony Joshua against Otto, uh, Otto Wallen. I think, it's, uh, I think it's a good one for sure. Uh, anyway, back to uh, Showtime Edwards. Um, you know... I, I could say that he doesn't have much power, but like I said, in these lighter divisions. Uh, now, his last uh, five fights were all against good opposition. Uh, he won a 12-round unanimous decision against uh, Andre Campos. Uh, he won a 12-round unanimous decision against Felix Alvarado. 
Campos was undefeated, by the way, 15-0 and when they fought uh, in June of this year. He fought in November of last year against uh, uh, Felice Alvarado, who was 38-2, and uh, won a 12-round decision against him. Uh, fought uh, Mohamed Wasim, uh, who was 12-1 and uh, in March of last year. Uh, uh, it was a 12-round decision. He also beat Jason uh, Mama, who was 16-0 and when he fought him. In December of 21, 12-round decision. And uh, he also fought uh, Muridi uh, Mathani, uh, who he won a 12-round decision. Mathani, 39-2, and two, an older fighter, but a quality fighter uh, when, uh, when he fought. So he's fought some, he's fought some uh, big names, mostly in the, uh, uh, in the U.K. And he steps in with Jesse Bam Rodriguez, uh, who's uh, 23 years old. So he's got four years. Uh, he's four years younger than uh, Sonny Edwards. Um, he's ranked number one by the computer. So you got number one fighting number two. Now, I say by the computer because because they, uh, they have their own uh, world titles, no other sanctioning body will give them a ranking. And uh, Bam Rodriguez is, is the WBO uh, world champion. So we got a unification fight going on. Um, he's uh, uh, His record is 18-0, two undefeateds too. You know, it's, it's, it's a great fight. Uh, 11 of his wins coming by knockout. Um, uh, like I said, he's he's an inch uh, taller at five foot four. He's a southpaw. Sonny Edwards is a is a uh, uh, orthodox fighter. Um, and if this uh, uh, data is correct, um, Jesse Rodriguez is going to enjoy a seven one two three four five six seven inch uh, reach advantage. Um, it's his second fight this year. Last year he fought three times in 2022 and if you look at his last four fights all against top-notch opposition uh his last fight was a uh, 12-round unanimous decision over uh christian hernandez um his fight before that which was uh in november i'm sorry september of uh, last year israel gonzalez he beat 12-round decision uh gonzalez was uh, uh 28 and 4 when he fought uh in uh, uh june of 22 he fought uh, Wengek, who was 50 wins, five losses, one draw, um, and uh, he stopped him in eight rounds. And the fight before that was in uh, February of the same year. Carlos Kudras, he beat 39 wins, four losses, and a draw with a 12-round uh, unanimous decision. So, I mean, uh, you know, he's fought some tough guys. I think his resume um, is better than Sonny Edwards. I- I'm a big – anybody that's watched this show knows – I'm a huge fan of the UK boxing scene. As a matter of fact, I wish that I could do this show uh, from the UK. I, I really do. Um, I love the fans. They know the sport. I love the the atmospheres at the uh, at the uh, venues. Uh, everybody's always having a good time. I love when I let me go back to the fans. It's a diversified fan group. You know, you see you see fights in the US. It's the same kind of fans. You know, you see the same same type of people, you know. But in the UK, they're young, they're old, they're, they're you know um, uh, rowdy. They're 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 into the sport and they have fun. Every fight uh, card is a big event, and they and they go to the events. A lot of us here in the states, yeah, we watch it on TV, you know, yeah, yeah, you know. Um, and and the biggest thing I like about the UK boxing scene is the fact that 
The fans are smart enough to know that a fighter's career is not over if they lose. And I, I just love that, you know. Um, with that said, how do I think this fight's going to go? Well, you know, I like Sonny Edwards. He's itching to go. He's been uh, talking uh, a lot, um, saying that uh, he can't wait uh, to get into this uh, uh, ring and, and fight Bam Rodriguez. He said some comments earlier in the week saying that he respects Rodriguez. He knows he's a good fighter, but he's never fought him. Uh, the confidence level is there. I, I just I just have a feeling that Jesse Rodriguez's punching power may catch up with Sonny Edwards. I don't think he's been in the ring with a power puncher like Jesse Rodriguez. And should the data that I'm looking at um, be correct with a seven-inch reach advantage, I could see Jesse Rodriguez um, being able to fight from a safe distance and really pick his shots and uh, and should he stun uh, Sonny Edwards at any point during the fight, uh, he could go in for the kill. Uh, I would like, I, I like both of these fighters. Okay, um, and and the other thing you got to keep in mind that this fight um, is not in the UK, uh, which is uh, at least I don't think it is, uh, which is. Uh, um, you know, Sonny Edwards, his success has all been in the UK. You know, so uh, my official prediction, Jesse Rodriguez. Um, you know, Stephen O is uh, uh, disagreeing with me. He's saying Sonny can't be beat. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I, being such a, a big fan of the UK boxing scene, I hope you're right. But I just have a feeling, I, I mean, I'll be rooting for Sonny Edwards. Um, but I think that. Uh, Rodriguez is too strong. You know, Amok is agreeing with me, saying he's going to stop him. You know, I, I don't know about I don't know about a knockout. You know, um, I, I think if he can land some punches and bust him up a little bit, maybe he gets a TKO. Um, but uh, I, I just think the, the lack, what appears to be a lack of punching power from Sonny Edwards is going to be the, 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 the kryptonite, so to speak, uh, because Jesse Rodriguez has the punching power. Now, keep in mind, these guys, these flyweights, they all throw a lot of uh, uh, punches, you know. Um, so, you know, we could see uh, what happens. But I I'm looking forward to that fight uh, for sure uh, this weekend. So, um, like I said, uh, we got uh, a big show scheduled for next week, uh, breaking down all those fights. I got uh, my man uh, Alex Papali joining me. Um, I'm hoping that we could get into, uh, next week we won't, but uh, I hope we can get into some blasts early in 2024 and uh, um, go from there. One other thing I wanted to mention, a couple weeks ago, I was talking about which countries uh, have the best uh, fighters, right? Well, you know, it's kind of a trick or loaded question. Because the data is right here. And when you look at the world champions um, by country, right? Um, the United States is way ahead of everybody. The United States has 466 um, uh, world champions that uh, have come out of the United States. 
But remember, the United States is a collection of, uh, you know, people from all over the, the world. So it's kind of like a loaded question. Plus, all the great fighters of yesteryear, yeah, they, a lot of them came from uh, the U.S. I mean, I'm looking here in my studio, my office. I got, you know, Sonny Liston over there. I got Muhammad Ali, Jack Dempsey, Boom Boom Mancini, uh, Jimmy Ellis, uh, Rocky Marciano, uh, Jersey Joe over there. Uh, Sugar Ray Robinson, Jake LaMotta, uh, 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 Gene Tierney, is, is, oh, Gene Tunney, Gene Tierney, you know, uh, you know uh, Tunney over there, uh, and then my man Molino, uh, Toro Gotti, Mickey Ward, uh, this is all right right in my, my uh, office here, Floyd Patterson, you know, all Americans, you know, um, so, you know, um, they seem to be leading the pack, right? But what's interesting to know is that a lot of those fighters are from yesteryear. When you start looking at the rest of the countries that have had world champions, the number two is Mexico with 164. UK is third with 109. And then Japan you know, they have 89. The, the, the closest one after that, at number five, is Puerto Rico with 50. Uh, Thailand with 49. South Korea with four. That surprised me. With 46. Argentina, 44. Philippines, 40. And Venezuela, 37. Um, I, 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 you know, you look at Mexican fighters, and the first thing that comes to mind is you got these, you know, guys with all kinds of heart and they, they, they wear their heart on their sleeve. I mean, um, you know, I, I don't see that with today's modern American fighters, all right? Yeah, we have more American fighters as world champions, but I just don't see the heart that some of these other countries have um, inside the ring. I just don't, you know? I mean, and listen, I'm I'm American, right? I'm, I'm Italian-American, but... Um, you know, the truth of the matter is I'm proud to be uh, living in the United States. I feel people that live here are, are blessed um, that we're here. Um, hopefully we'll, we'll get a change of uh, uh, presidency soon, get some some new blood in there. Um, but, uh, but overall, I think that, you know, people that live here should be proud of it. And, and, I, and I think this uh, bowing down and conforming to everybody else and you know i i think america should be america just like the uk is the uk and you know europe is europe and or when i say europe i mean all the other countries germany italy france i mean they're all you know they're all known for their their thing and uh you know we should be too but uh mexican fighters i lean towards them uh in terms of uh you know the heart but like i said my favorite uh, where I would like to see, I've never been to England, never saw a fight live there. It would be something I would love to do. Uh, but uh, but anyway, um, you know, uh, Stephen O says uh, the United States has no champions at the meaningful weights. Um, you know, I, the, the thing is, is we have too many champions, right? So is any fighter... Uh, a meaningful champion when there's three or four or five other ones in the same weight class that get to say they're world champions. You know, this is why I was so respectful of Devin Haney and Regis Progress this past weekend because, 
you know, these are two young fighters at the top of their game, and they had the balls to step in the ring, something that a lot of fighters don't do anymore, you know. Uh, you know, and uh, we got uh, 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 somebody, uh, Amuk is agreeing. He says most USA fighters lost their uh, pizzazz. However, in MMA, they still stand out. Uh, you know, I haven't, <laughs> my son-in-law is always trying to get me to watch uh, MMA. I just haven't gotten into MMA. I'm sorry. I I, I like the UFC in terms of what they uh, uh, what they've done, uh, and and in a sense they've hurt boxing uh, because all these greedy ass promoters want to be a league like the UFC, and that's why we don't see the crossover fights. I'm hoping you know Eddie Hearn has taken a, a driver's seat in, in the sport of boxing in terms of promoters. And I hope him and Oscar De La Hoya and B-Hop, you know, with Golden Boy, I hope that they really uh, work together because I think we could get some good fights if uh, Golden Boy can get their, their paws on some, on some good fighters. But uh, anyway, just uh, one last reminder, we will be doing a show next week, uh, and then we're off until after uh, the new year. And then we'll be back. Um, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, feel free to drop me an email. I will. I, I apologize. I had a, a bunch of emails that somehow <clears throat> got lost. Um, so if you drop me an email, I'll read it on the air. Uh, you can uh, send it to uh, uh, bill at billycboxing.com uh, or uh, billy at talkingboxing.com. Dot com. That's T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G. Please make sure you subscribe. Click the subscribe button right here. And, uh, uh, you know, I hope that you also uh, subscribe to our podcast. Um, you know, um, we have uh, Stephen O saying he's been a subscriber of the channel for a long time, but had some time off. Uh, where's the other guy who used to ring up? Uh, the Xboxer. Great guys to both of you. Um, Stephen O, you're, you're referring to uh, my my uh, co-host and and very close and dear friend uh, Sal Rocky Senecola. Uh, I hate to inform you, but he passed away. Uh, he had gotten sick and and uh, uh, lost uh, his battle with uh, with the Big C. Um, it's one of the reasons I took a break from from uh, from doing the show. It just wasn't the same. Uh, and, uh, um, you know, I, I miss Sal dearly. Um, we did a lot of stuff together. Um, you know, we did a lot of live broadcasts together uh, with uh, LDL TV, and we, we, we developed a great relationship. You know, a couple of these guys that I became real close with, the other Billy C, Billy Costello, uh, was another one that I lost uh, to the big C, and uh, I used to love, uh, he, Billy came on this show a lot, uh, two, um, you know, he spoke his mind and I used to love, I used to love, uh, calling him on the phone because, or if he called me, he'd be like, Billy C, this is Billy C, <laughs> you know, so, you know, but, uh, but Sal and, and Billy Costello, uh, missed both those guys. Uh, I lost another close friend in the boxing business. Uh, Ernie Shavers, uh, passed away not too long ago. And of course I was talking about Harold Letterman before. So a, a lot of us are, are, uh, are 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 reaching that, that that end of the rope, you know. Um, but uh, but Alex Papali, who did the show with me a lot, uh, and Dax Khan, who did the show with me a lot. Dax is uh, tied up uh, 
uh, is not able to do the show with me during this time. Uh, but uh, Alex can sometimes, so we're going to get him uh, back. Um, but, uh, uh, well, good. Amuk is telling me that he had, uh, uh, you know, um, the big C and, and uh, barely survived. Well, I'm glad to see you're still here. And uh, I'm glad that uh, you uh, at least uh, knocked it down for the count, my man, because uh, more people like you uh, will help uh, uh, us beat it finally. Um, you know, you know. speaking of it, getting off topic, you know, speaking of that, I've seen some breakthroughs. I, I know that they have, I, in Europe, I know they're way more advanced with cancer treatment than we are here in the U.S., but I've, I've seen some studies where uh, they have pills now, cancer pills, even Sal, he was going through some uh, great advanced uh, uh, treatments. But I heard that they have some cancer pills out right now that are close to being approved that um, target specific types of cancer. So if you have whatever kind of cancer, they can give you a pill and it, bam, it targets it. The other thing I, I've uh, just read about was a longevity shot. It's it's They've already approved that the FDA here in the United States goes through three rounds of of approval before it can be on the market well they have one for for dogs right so a dog that's 40 pounds or more and is seven years old uh, or older can get these shots well we'll be able to get these shots within the next year that will help them live longer you know and healthier which is great i'm a dog person i love my dogs they're like uh my kids but um not to compare them with the kids, easy, but, but, uh, but you know what that means, you know, if it's good with the dogs, it's going to be good for us, I just hope it can hang in there long enough, you know what I mean, but uh, anyway, listen, I don't want to turn this uh, show into a depression, but, uh, but listen, um, I, uh, uh, you know, I, 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 yeah, he was, he was a great guy, Stephen, he's talking about uh, Sal, um, you know, he, he was, and you know, the funny thing about Sal and and listen, go up on go up on our channel. There, there's some Sal and I did uh, another guy, another guy that that uh, uh, passed away, Steve Lott, who was the third guy involved with the Bill Clayton um, big fights, uh, Incorporated when they sold all those fights uh, to uh, to ESPN, all those classic fights. Well, there was some that didn't go. And Steve Lott digitized them, and he gave us the rights. Sal and I broadcast a couple of them in front of, actually, there's three or four of them up on the site that we broadcast in front of a live audience on a big screen and called it like it was happening live. We had some great time. The, the, the one fight that you got to watch is the Gene Fulmer-Benny kidd Perret fight, uh, one of the most vicious fights I've ever seen in my life. And I had never seen it, and neither had Sal. And when we when we broadcast it live, it was like, uh, oh my gosh, you know, it was uh, it was great, you know. And and uh, Sal and I had had a great time. I, yes, I miss uh, uh, I, I miss it. Uh, I miss him a lot. But uh, in any event, hey, listen, I'll leave you with that. We will be back uh, next week uh, for our last show of the year. We're going to break down all those big fights. Make sure you get that pay per view. Uh, it's going to be one that uh, we can talk about early next year. And speaking of early next year, there's some decent fights on tap um, for uh, 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 next year. You got well at the end of the year. You got Inouye against uh, 
uh, Marlon Tapalis, which is good. But January 13th, Artur, uh, Artur Bidabiv against Callum Smith. January 27th, Jamie Mugaya against uh, uh, John Ryder. I like that fight. I think it's going to be a good fight. Uh, Ryder can jump all over him because uh, Mugaya is a, a guy that has a tendency to start a little late. He's just He takes too many shots, um, you know. Um, but uh, And then, of course, uh, February 17th, we got the... Uh, uh, the big uh, fight that everybody's waiting for that could change the complexion of the heavyweight division uh, for a while. Tyson Fury against uh, uh, Usyk. I'm looking forward to that one. And uh, my man uh, Rick had sent me an email. I forget the whole topic, but one of the things um, on there was he had asked me about what I thought about the heavyweights of today. And if, and if I thought that they were as good as the 90s heavyweights and the 2000 heavyweights, you know, I, I didn't think too highly of them or the ones that we have now. You know, Mike Tyson was a breath of fresh air in the heavyweight division. Um, and prior to him, the heavyweights were, were pretty damn good. You know, the 50s, the 40s, 50s, and 60s, and the 70s, I guess. So 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s were all great eras for heavyweight. Uh, to tell you the truth... You go back to the early 1900s, all the way up through the 70s and the early 80s, we had some great heavyweights, and they fought each other. But then the era changed, and so did all the other weight divisions. And I've said this a million times to people, million, million times. Um, you know, uh, the truth of the matter is, you know, Amok's telling me I'm pronouncing uh, Mugaya wrong. Um, I, you know what? Somebody emailed me about that. I'm the murderer of the English language. I hope nobody takes offense to it. I don't even can't even say my own name right. What do you think it's Billy C? You know, I mean, come on. You know, it's it's it is what it is. You know, but um, the truth of the matter is, is that you know the heavyweight division. Uh, you know, uh, so goes the sport. That's how the heavyweight division. The problem is, is that people, um, you know, they don't fight anymore, and uh, you know, it's. Um, it's it's a shame. Everybody wants to protect the record, and nobody wants to fight each other. And I mean, the heavyweight era, the eras that you, I mean, think about these heavyweights. You know, the, the Jack Dempsey. You know, the story behind Jack Dempsey. You know, uh, Sonny Liston. You know, doesn't even really know the the real day he was born. They didn't have a birth certificate where he was born in Arkansas. They carved his birth date in a tree. You know. Um, Many people say that he was several years older than the whole story around Sonny Liston and, and his death and all of that. I mean, you know, he's one of my favorite fighters. Mike Tyson, of course, you know. Uh, Sugar Ray Robinson, the best fighter to ever lace on a pair of gloves. You know, Rocky Marciano. Uh, you know, he the 50s heavyweights were probably, they were underrated because there was a lot of fighters that people would say, oh, well, Rocky Marciano didn't fight anybody. He fought this one and Abe Simon and that guy. And it, Well, you know, you look at some of those fighters and, you know, they would have had, uh, they, they would have been world champions in today. You know, it's a lot different when you have one world champion for each division. It's a hell of a lot different. You know, you know we did the math. You know, if, if you take the four sanctioning bodies right so so you got and we don't just have world champions right you got a regular world champion super world champion right so so theoretically in a weight class in the same sanctioning body you could have 
two world champions, minimal two world champions uh, in a division. And if you sprinkle in the champion in recess or the, the champion of Murtai or, or, you know, the, the uh, uh, I don't know, champion, interim champion, you know, you, you can have four or five champions, five fighters in the same division under the same sanctioning body claiming they're the world champion. And it goes deeper than that. You could turn around and say, okay, so you got four major sanctioning bodies, 10 fighters are ranked. Uh, there are sometimes the same fighters ranked in other uh, sanctioning bodies. But theoretically, you could have 40 top 10 heavyweights all claiming that they're a top 10 heavyweight. 40. If there's 10, 10, 10, 10 times 4, right? You know, so you could have 40. You know, I, I mean, boxing was never like that. You had, if you got to number 10, you were a great fighter. You were the 10th best fighter in the world. And if you ever read Mike Silva's book, uh, um, The Rise and Fall of the Sweet Simon, The Arc of Boxing, I think, The Rise and Fall of the Sweet Simon, um, he breaks it down with data and shows, and off the top of my head, I, I, it, was, it was something crazy, like in, in, in the year 2000, uh, New York State had like 200 licensed fighters, um, and in and the eight um, in the 40s, I think I think he was comparing it to the 40s or or maybe earlier, there were like 2,500. You know, so so when you look at the amount of fighters, right, that used to fight yesteryear, and, and then they would get to be a top 10 guy, and then eventually a world champion. I mean, and then and then they had to fight the top top 10. You know, the only times like back in the the uh, uh, back in the days, like the uh, John L. Sullivan days and stuff, even even uh, you know another one of my favorite fighters. I'm looking at a picture of him, Jack Johnson. You know, a lot of those guys fought, and when you became the heavyweight champion, a lot of these guys had the opportunity to make money by touring and being the heavyweight champion. So you know, during that, but when TV. Uh, came into the mix and all of that. It, it got a little different. Anyway, off topic here. Uh, Amok wants to know one more thing uh, about. Uh, uh, he's asking me what about uh, Francis Nugano. Um, you know what? I, I, I think that Francis Nugano uh, is a fighter that um, should be fighting. Eddie Hearn had said that they offered him a fight against Anthony Joshua. And he never called back. I, you know, if I'm Francis Nagano, I know he's looking to get that uh, Tyson Fury rematch. It'll be a big money fight for him. But I'll tell you what, he can make some big money against uh, fighting against Anthony Joshua. Personally, I think it's absurd that the WBC ranks him at number 10 um, just for fighting one pro fight as a boxer, and he lost. I get it. I get the fact that he did a great performance against Tyson Fury. Uh, but... It's not fair to these other fighters that, you know, uh, put in more time and effort in the sport of boxing. Nagano, if, if we were talking about an MMA, I wouldn't be saying this, but I, I, for one, even though he's 38, I, for one, would like to see him fight again. I think a fight against him and, and Andy Ruiz Jr. would be a, a great fight. Um, you know, uh, Jordan in here is mentioning Zhang, Zili Zhang. Um, you know, I, 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 I don't think... I know his last couple of fights, he was against the right guy. I, I don't think 
um, he's. I, I think he's too slow, and, and I think he's. You know, I think he had his best fights already. But you know, he he. I agree that you know, have a fight in China um, uh, would be good for him. But you know, I don't know what the rules are there. But uh, uh, anyway, listen, boys and girls, thank you for tuning in. Uh, I will tell you this. Make sure you tune in next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. And like I said, uh, Alex Papali is going to be with us. And we'll be breaking down that great card December 23rd. What a Christmas present. $39.99. And no, I'm not getting a cut of it. But if they want to send it to me. And if you're in the UK and you're watching the show, get me over there. I want to go to the UK. Tune in next week, boys and girls. Until then, ciao, baby.